Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers Sean and Lindsay seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay. Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take this! Bonjour. <laughs> Why do you always start? Allô, ça va? Allô. Ça va bien et toi? Oui, merci. Good morning, Sean Patrick, <laughs> wise guy, marketing and branding extraordinaire. Good morning, Lindsay Biwa, mistress of marketing. <laughs> I like how that's the thing now, but I also again wondered where that was going immediately. Mistress, uh, what? Not this podcast. Wrong that's podcast, my other <laughs> podcast. That's my Ashley Madison podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Did they ever come back? I don't know. I feel like you can't, they did. You can't even Google that because then it sets off red <laughs> alerts in your household. Maybe it's, maybe it's a dark web thing. What's maybe. this dark web? Should we look it up? It's kind of becoming mainstream and I'm like... You know what dark web is? What? It's like medical information. <laughs> That's where I go down a dark path oh, for on the you. web. But there's the dark web, which I'm like. I know, like gangsters trade livers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like among other things. <laughs> Bitcoin? Will you use Bitcoin <laughs> to buy livers? <laughs> I don't know. This is already off to a very silly start. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. You? Uh, I'm really good. To be honest, I've been in a like a pandemic funk. I don't know if you've been in these like slumps, these yeah. like lows where it's like pandemic funk, and I'm like, I just I don't. I told get you this to is bed. the first day I've worn a shirt. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. What qualifies? So Sean put on a top, and we're all very happy just to not be looking at your shoulders right I'm now. I'm wearing one thing with a button. I mean, that is like something with a button or a fastener. That's big. Thank you yeah, for yeah. these. Thank you for these every two weeks recordings. <laughs> That's like jeans day. Do you have jeans day? I Once a week, I put on my jeans to make sure they still fit me. Oh, jeans <laughs> yeah. day used to be casual day. And now it's like jeans. What's the occasion? <laughs> I had this exact conversation with someone yesterday where they're like, remember how casual day used to be jeans? And now it's like pajamas on the bottom. Like we've taken it to a whole new level. Yeah, I do change. Like I don't, I don't work in what I slept in. I'm not even going to talk about what I sleep in. You just can't fit your undie pants? Okay, keep your undie pants to yourself. No, I wear legit <gasps> sleep bottoms. Oh, we've I think we've talked about this before. Your sleep shorts? Yeah. Like, I'm like, one what thing, the hell is a sleep short? So, <laughs> the few things that have changed in my pandemic life is I pay top dollar on only essentials. And then I For stretch those shorts. like sleep shorts underwear <laughs> sleep shorts keep it to yourself sleep shorts we're trying to keep it clean this is a clean episode sometimes there's a fine line between undie pants and sleep shorts we don't want to have to mark this episode with that little explicit e so keep your undie pants stories to yourself at this time okay 
So, so yeah, this started with the pandemic slump. I'm great today because I feel like I finally got out of it this morning. It's been like a week of like, I can't do it. So I'm super pumped to be on talking to you. Yeah, it gets me through. Yeah, I'm totally, right? totally like, I'm like, just, it's the limbo. It's, it's officially limbo. Um, it's limbo. Like of knowing when things will and will not open. That just, limbo? What's next period. I don't even think about that anymore. It's just like, when can I, when can I have a friend over? Or I need a friend first. When, when I was going to say, start with when can it. I find a friend? <laughs> just make it clear to everyone, Lindsay and I, Lindsay and I are not friends. Let's just yeah, be we're not clear friends. about that. We're besties, John but not friends. <laughs> we're BFFs who hate each other on the inside <laughs> and love each other deeper on the inside. No, it's not that we hate. We just don't care enough about each other. We're a kinder egg of ambivalence. Do you know that? <laughs> I forgot about this. Do you know that? I think it's still a fact. Kinder eggs are banned in the US. Why? Because they're dangerous. For what? Oh my God, let's park that. Because of the small okay. pieces, someone, you know, there's things about, oh, you can buy a gun, but you can't buy a Kinder Egg. Hmm. That was a thing. Let's not let those kids get all hopped up on sugar and swallow a tiny piece of Lego, shall we say? Lego. Segway. Seg you. I wonder if Lego's done anything interesting lately. Hmm. I wonder. So... This is exactly like the Barbie episode experience where I was like, oh, let's just talk about this awesome article and initiative that Lego's doing. And then you start to be like, Lego, brand purpose, Lego, blah, blah. And I'm like, I actually had no idea the legacy of the Lego brand. And it is fascinating. I mean, how coincidental or ironic is it that a, a block building brand is, has the probably, probably the strongest branding structure I have ever seen but have also like wavered a lot in the past that almost led to their demise. Did you get into that? Yeah, I did, but let's talk about what got you interested. Okay, so we were chatting in our little status, we have a status meeting in our Two Marketeers <laughs> status meeting. This is actually um, it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are we talking and about this week? This. We <laughs> this, I guess. And we came across this, uh, trending topic boom, boom, boom. and the article came from the guardian and it's written by helen russell so this was hey, written helen. on thursday may 20th hey helen shut up like your helen article russell. you did a really great job um in the guardian and the article <laughs> is titled everyone is awesome lego to launch first lgbtq plus set and we're like "Ooh, this is cool okay but and what the, song went in your head what song when you read that headline are you a lego movie fan everything is awesome do you know that song? oh is that no, no. <gasps> oh my god no you have no idea that's that's kind of the song that came out of the lego movie which was awesome starring my buddy huh. will arnett he's not really my buddy i wish he was yeah, and it was this, everything is awesome. So that's why. Really? That's why the headline says that. Yes. No way. I did too little research. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I think it's more if you had to, that's the, that's the part where you saw the movies, which doesn't really align with your timeline of having kids. Of and all life. That sort of stuff. Correct. <laughs> I think, yeah, my timeline of life didn't, I think Much I was, shorter. I was a teenager or early 20s when mm. this Lego movie came out. So I must mm. have missed watching it. I think, I think that's a little exaggerated. 
put any. I was phrase. just born. When did it come? When was the Lego movie? 2019? It was like 10 years ago. <laughs> I was Lindsay was not a teenager. 21. <laughs> As we try and nail this format of podcast, Lindsay, I think we need to dedicate a good hour to Corrections Corner for every episode. I get years of life back for every episode that we record. So now I'm a teenager. Oh Last God. episode, I think we were talking about how we've both been trying to achieve a healthy lifestyle for 50 years, but I'm 39. And so it's just been a very long road for me. Yeah. Yeah. And mine's the other way around. I've only been doing it for about 10 years, but it feels like 50. So because yeah. uh, I'm going to be 52 next week. Did I say that? 52. I think yeah, you did. You did because you related it to our last Bob Ross episode where unfortunately that's uh, the age in which he passed away on a brighter note. Um, I did not know that everything is awesome. So that is great. This, so the title again of this article, everyone is awesome. Lego to launch its first LGBTQ plus set toy companies. Designer says he was inspired to support the community with a rainbow themed creation which I just love this image. Do you not just love this Im the image of this set? What this yeah. looks like? Well, We're, it's, we'll share yeah. it in our notes so everyone can see what this set looks like. It's just a showpiece, really. Like it's, it's, it's not a Lego set. That's what I realized later when thinking about it. It's just this, it's a statement. It's almost like it really a piece. It's statement. That's exactly what he said. So he said that I hope that this could be a showpiece in people's homes. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, very cool. So I'm just going to read a little bit from this article so we can kind of frame up what Lego is doing, what their initiative is. We'll discuss a little bit. And then Sean as well, will dive into some juicy Lego pieces. <laughs> I'm sure that you found. So it says in the spraying room at Lego HQ, which by the way, can we just go there? Have you seen their their head office online and the springer it's in it's in it's in daneland where is that i think it's in denmark it's in like where lego was first founded yeah we're going there okay um okay so as soon as you know restaurants open first then we'll go there it's going to okay. be phase. Yeah. Okay. So in the spraying room at Lego HQ, tiny figurines are layered with bright, glossy paint before being placed on a rainbow-esque arch. The result, a waterfall of color with 11 brand new minifigures striding purposefully towards an imagined brighter future is the Danish toy maker's inaugural LGBTQIA plus set titled Everyone is Awesome. Everyone is awesome. I know I'm into that now. Okay. Uh, the colors of the stripes were chosen to reflect the original rainbow flag, along with pale blue, white, and pink representing the trans community, and black and brown to acknowledge the diversity of skin tones and backgrounds within the LGBTQIA community. So picture it like it's almost like a once one bookend of a set. So it's, yes. like, it's, it's shaped like a three-dimensional L um, with all these 11 stripes they're talking about cascading vertically. It's almost like I don't know, but maybe those pieces come apart. And then on each piece, slowly advancing uh, consecutively from one end to the, the farthest end, which is the dark, like a dark brown, um, are different monochrome characters that just kind of transcend race. They transcend sex uh, or gender, I should say, preference, any of that stuff. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Like it, it really, is but beautiful. it's 100% Lego. There's no, there's no right. straying from the brand. Yeah. 
So it says, in all but one case, no specific gender has been assigned to the assigned to the figures who are intended to express individuality while remaining ambiguous. The exception, a purple minifigure with a highly stylized beehive wig, is a clear nod to the fabulous drag queens out there, said the designer, Matthew Ashton, who initially created the set for his own desk. He says, I'd moved offices, so wanted to make the space feel like home with something that reflected me and the LGBTQIA plus community. But the set attracted attention and was soon in demand. Other members of LEGO's LGBTQ plus community came to tell me that they loved it, Ashton said. So I thought maybe it's something we should share. He also wanted to be more vocal in support of inclusivity. And I really, I love this statement from him. So he says, growing up as an LGBTQ plus kid, being told what I should play with, how I should walk, how I should talk, what I should wear. The message I always got was that somehow I was wrong, he said. Trying to be someone that I wasn't was exhausting. I wish as a kid, I had looked at the world and thought this is going to be okay and there's a place for me. I wish I'd seen an inclusive statement that said everyone is awesome. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Get the tissues. I know. I'm just like, oh, it's heartbreaking that children look it around is. and have looked around for decades and decades thinking that they don't belong. Yeah, it is. Um, I am going to cry. Yeah. So Ashton said he was really happy to work for a company that wants to be outspoken over such matters. Jane Burkett, a fellow LGBTQIA plus employee at Lego who works in the supply chain operations, agreed. I've been at Lego for six years and I've never hesitated to be myself which isn't the case everywhere. When I joined Lego, I hoped it would be an inclusive place, but I didn't know. People like me wonder, will I be welcome here? And the answer is yes, but this set means that now everyone knows it. So the set goes on sale, I guess has gone on sale on June 1st at the start of Pride Month. Mm. But a few AFOLs, AFOLs, adult fans of Lego and gayfoles have uh, been given a preview. He says, this set means a lot, says Flynn DeMarco, a member of the LGBTQIA AFOL community and a contestant on the television show Lego Masters US, best show ever. Often LGBTQ plus people don't feel seen, especially by corporations. There's a lot of lip service and not a lot of action. So this feels like a big statement. Cool. Amazing. So we saw this come up and, you know, we talk about brand purpose and and inclusivity and values and brands stepping up to support that. And we couldn't help but talk about this because it's such a great initiative um, on behalf of Lego. Yeah. And then I did my homework. Yeah. Can I tell you one? Maybe I'll layer this in later. No, tell me. Okay. So just one thing quickly about this set uh, before we move on is that the first thing I did was go to Instagram, right? So I go to Instagram, I'm looking at the Lego channel and I see that they've posted a couple of different posts about the launch of this set. Um, and I started to dive into the comments around what people are saying mm. about uh, this set being launched. And clearly there's a lot of comments happening there about people being like, good for you, Lego. I can't wait to buy this. This is going to be a showpiece in my home. Um, it's amazing to see, you know, diversity and inclusion as part of your sets. But there was a lot of other comments, which I am just still dumbfounded by. People who are, you know, against Lego doing something like this. Mm-hmm. And they, and they don't feel that um, there should be a place within the Lego brand for inclusivity like this. So 
You know, I think when you talk about brand purpose and things a lot and you do it as part of your job and you try to help work with brands to, you know, push them to be um, inclusive and to live their purpose and define their values and be for the people and use their voices and their budgets and all of that stuff to support people in the world. Um, you think that a lot of a lot of companies and a lot of people are actually doing this and people are aligned and everyone's seeing it and mm -hmm. people are feeling really good about it. And I just think sometimes I'm a little bit blind to the fact that there's a lot of people who still don't agree, which is heartbreaking to me. Well, I guess, it, you know, as you live in your bubble, and I don't mean that you, mm -hmm. since we all live in our bubble, we, we've yeah. had a year with all these big changes, uh, mostly inclusivity and, and Black Lives Matter and all those sort of things. We've, uh, I sometimes, I can't believe how much more aware I've become watching things like old episodes of Friends. Let's, let's be honest, watch the Friends uh, reunion, which that should be its own, that should be its own uh, podcast. It, it was beautifully done. I actually had low it's expectations. It's actually also a Lego set. They did a Lego set for that. I know, in the Central Perk. Yeah. Right. Anyways, That's so cool. with all that, I think I think it needs these are important times for us to say, look, it, there's a reason this hasn't happened sooner. Um, you know, as much as it's inexcusable and that sort of thing is we're going to have to realize that we've been we're even more isolated than we were of what I would call the parts of the world where this is not OK. Mm -hmm. um, and I say other parts of the world as if it's a geographical location based thing. And that's not what I mean. So I think social media is always that great sort of eye opener. What I love about that is that it actually, there's a, an article that I'm going to talk about a little bit um, about talking about five lessons that Lego has learned and how they use them moving forward. And actually what you just exemplified is rule number one, you have to be willing to take risks. And mm -hmm. if you don't, you know, that said, you have to take informed risks. You have to know in 2021, this is exactly Lego applying its framework and what it's learned in a business practice. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Do you think that that's yeah. a surprise to them? Absolutely not. Do you remember the days, Lindsay, when we had clients saying they wanted to be on social media, but they didn't want to, what was it? There was things like they wanted it, everything monitored and they didn't want to say certain things. And, and mm -hmm. there was that pain where you had to say, you have no choice now, because if you're not okay with negative sentiment, then you're out, right? Like Yeah. And I think that's what's actually as disheartening as it was to see a lot of those comments of people who don't agree with Lego doing something like this. There was also, I probably, I spent hours reading the comments and reading the back and forth wow. and a lot of Lego advocates jumping in and having the conversation and speaking to people. And it's like, even if there is going to be a polarizing view of a launch of a set like this, that conversation has to be had. And so even it if you you're surface. giving those people, yeah, and you're giving those people where Lego is in support of inclusivity and diversity, and you're giving diverse and inclusive um, people who support the Lego brand a platform to actually chime in, say how they feel, have that conversation. And so hopefully um, with brands like Lego, who you know is one of the biggest brand in the world, it was um, actually, I think a few years ago, yeah, it was the number one brand in the world. Number one brand in the world. Yeah. Supporting things like this, that it gives people more of that platform to feel that they're being heard, to have that conversation and to use their voice in support of something like this.
you know, it, it, it speaks to so much more, like even, you know, I'll bring it back to Friends episode, the Friends episode, where there was a lot of chatter around that saying like, you know, uh, you can't watch a show from 20 years ago and judge it now. You have to kind of look at what was the landscape like. So they were definitely mm-hmm. talking about certain things, certain scenes, certain things that were just not okay. And it's like, absolutely. And we know that now. On the other hand- right many of the friends community called out that you realize that the first episode that Ross's wife was a lesbian, that didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Like they talk about a lot of this stuff and they say, listen, not groundbreaking now, but groundbreaking for its time. And they don't, they didn't say they did that. Do you know what I mean? It's that idea of that story doing is they didn't come out and say, look at us. They were actually like, they let the the community, they let the community because they would probably say, "Mm, arguably, you know, a lot of the things, a lot of the topics we covered could be covered more appropriately today and they did this whole piece on the show where they showed how people who did feel like outliers who were just like this Matthew Ashton I think Hmm. they felt okay friends made them feel accepted in however they needed to so that you know it's just I think that's the lesson I got from this whole thing is don't avoid the conversation don't don't you can't confront it but don't avoid it oh you can confront it if you want but don't confront it to win confront it or address it to let a conversation play out and however that plays out it's okay because it's it's fuel for the next conversation if you really do want to make a difference don't judge back do you know what I mean don't judge the people who are against something help to understand okay why are they saying this Um, because that's the divide that will just be okay then we'll just flip it the other way so I just I love the little piece of information that you shared that isn't this huge news around marketing. It's actually, Mm -hmm. it transcends that. It's more important from a cultural piece, but as one of the largest, and I think, I believe they are the largest toy brand in the world. um, Good on them for picking something, you know, for, I get what, good on them for allowing it. Good on them for having a culture that these things can happen. I think it's called story doing. You know what I mean? We're celebrating these things that have been happening and this impact that they have. Oh, Cheryl alert. Um, There's a (laughs) definite Cheryl alert. A smoothie is being made right above my head, but I thought it was the dryer going on. I was like, Ooh, someone's doing laundry over there. No, directly above my head. So anyways, it was great. It was a great conversation. I I had no idea about the social media sort of impact lenses. So thanks for stating that. But I think it speaks to exactly consistent to what the brand has learned in the last decade or so. Um, wow, there's a lot of stuff that happened. Here, here's, yeah. if I may, I'm gonna jump in. Yes, please, go. Le- Lego's been around since 1932. Boy, I can't wait till it's 100th anniversary, which you know is only 11 years away. Um, by a gentleman, pardon the pronunciation, Ole Kirk Christensen. He was actually, what they'll say, a failed master carpenter. Well, okay. Um, it was during the depression, it was right after the depression. So he decided to change his focus to uh, making toys uh, and making these building blocks and, you know, started this company called Lego, which loosely translates as play well. Um, And then- Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. And when I read that, I was like, that's so cool. And his grandson is the current president, I think CEO, whichever. Um, So it's really interesting because- it's been a pretty steady climb. There's not, you know, Barbie was just rife with so much. God love Barbie. Um, but um, it was a steady climb. 
here's what happened in the late 90s I believe they started to stagnate right and lots of reasons I'd say the number one I've done a ton of research basically they'd saturated a market a market of toys for kids mm-hmm. and that was great and you know people will say it was digital that was the downfall and all that stuff there's lots of different reasons so basically what happened in 2000 like in 2003 they almost went bankrupt and they brought in a new leader mm-hmm. and he did his homework um what was really interesting is they look back it's a case study for a lot of brands what mm-hmm. i love about it is it always comes back to the kind of things we talk about is the importance of you know what is its framework what is its purpose what and is focus. You know, all that stuff what is its focus what what was it always meant to do which yeah. in a sense just a brand and really the brand more the brand is a representation of a company with an offering Um, So to kind of summarize what happened, they turned it around and it's a huge case study. What happened was essentially they looked at what was going on and they had forgotten, they had forgotten who they were. They had lost Mm -hmm. sight of what it was they provided, why they existed. Um, Yeah. As they tried to diversify, right? Yeah. So they diversified and in digital, all that thing, they even actually like diversified in trying to create entertainment so you know programming and that sort of stuff well it failed because they did it themselves they don't know how to do content yeah chasing a bunch of things that they didn't do they don't know how to do well as well as toys and then what they did do is they partnered with they had huge success with you know harry potter collaboration and a star wars collaboration all that stuff and actually became the biggest source of their revenue the problem was if there wasn't a movie to launch they had nothing their business was no longer dependent on what they could control. Um, So whatever year it was, I think 2003 or in that area, they were having very low revenue because movies just weren't coming out. And that's when you, you know, a lot of companies will do that is they start to stagnate. They kind of look at where they should go and they became all about innovation. And the problem with that was they became innovation for the sake of what I would say for the sake of innovation. And they got very lost in themselves. So they did their work. Um, and turn it around, turn it around slowly, but surely. Uh, I think this is a good time for me to go into an article that was on um, LinkedIn that talks about uh, five things that, you know, our lessons learn. Okay. I cover them really generally because it's, it's just really interesting, specifically because of what Lindsay talked about. So the author of this article is Tanu Tewari, and it was published in February of this year, which I love. It's hard to believe that Lego that has been around since 1932 without a single year of loss was close to going bust in 2003. Sales were down 30% year on year, and it was in a debt of 800 million. Whoa. Yeah. So fast forward to 2015, they're reported, you know, 660 million pounds. I'll talk about some of the current figures uh, in a little bit, but basically they talked about five things to remember lessons learned. Number one, understand that change would mean risk. Mm -hmm. So at that time, that sort of crux of, okay, what are we going to do? They did some bold moves, which in retrospect seems like, yeah, it just seems obvious, but they sold off a lot of their assets. A lot of their, they they were making too much product. Product was, the the, the cost of manufacturing more diverse ranges of products cost more money. Margin was coming way down, all that stuff. 
So they really made some big moves, shutting down things, reducing something like a product line of 7,000 items to 3,000, all that stuff. Number two, which I think Lindsay will love, is using data and not guesswork to back the decision making. Mm-hmm. I do love that. Uh, the company's leadership had different ideas about what was causing such massive losses. And I think that was the problem at the time. You know, silos, different ideas, and they were all pretty much based on speculation or assumptions, which, right, Lindsay? No. Yeah, we don't do that. Some blame the popularity of video games. This is the whole idea of digital disruption, while the others blame diversification. They had little understanding of which products were making money and which were losing. Oops. Yeah. Um, It was just one big blend of how are we doing this year? I think Lindsay and I have worked at some organizations that have done that sometimes. (laughs) Um, So basically this this new guy who came in, I think his name is pronounced Nudstorp or Knudstorp, used the help of finance director to run an in-depth financial analysis and product line. So analysis, data, um, and they made all their changes based on true analysis that had never been made. And that's where that all happens. Well, don't you feel like that's such a classic case where you launch this product, it goes extremely well. You've never had to worry about sales. Sales are climbing, you're making all of these different things. And now you're like, oh, we need to diversify. We need to innovate. We should kind of like, they look at models like Disney where they're like, now we need to do movies. Now we need to do theme parks. Now we need to do all of this stuff. And you lose, like you say, you lose your focus on what the brand actually does very well, what's important, what is behind their purpose and what they can actually deliver on. And without any information that you've probably never had to track before, because you were always just doing very well, year over year sales were good. So you never had to dive into the nitty gritty of what was going on. Yeah. And when you start to actually think that way and peel back the layers, you're like, actually all of these different streams aren't contributing well to the success of our company. And so which ones based on the data are we going to lean into so that we can continue our success and get rid of the stuff that doesn't work? Well, don't get me started on my yin yang of product and brand. Um, They got product focused. I don't know that they even needed to reflect that much on their brand because their products just kept doing so well and they sold themselves. Exactly. And when something will sell itself based on value until it doesn't, until it's too competitive a marketplace. And most important, until a company loses sight of what its products are supposed to solve. And that's what Mm -hmm. a brand does, right? So there's some really interesting stuff. Anyways, uh, number three moves right into innovating without losing the grip. And that's the idea is, hey, they didn't go back to the old. They looked at who we are and how how do we have to pivot or redirect what that means today. They have to constantly innovate. And actually... I just think it's amazing right now with some of the stuff we'll talk about, but what's happening right now with Lego is huge right now, June, 2021, huge shit is about to happen. Um, So the idea is that, but this is way back. This was way back, right? This was, they were doing this from 2004 and onward. Right. It's the idea about really harnessing why you're innovating, what that innovation is. And in the end, never losing sight of you're only innovating to solve the problem that your consumers are facing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one example that Isn't was Isn't really- that so true now in a pandemic? Yeah. It's like all of the lessons they learned in 2003, focus on what you're good at, focus on delivering value, you know, some risks, be where your fans are. risks, yes, exactly. measure success. It's like you could read that right now and implement that playbook today to drive yeah. success of your, of your business in this time. A perfect example of, losing sight of innovation. I thought you'd love this. 
is that at one point they created this whole new line. And I know you're familiar with, you're probably familiar with like these, they went from being building blocks more being these little scenes. It's just like the friend, mm -hmm. the friend central perk. And I remember buying my daughter that stuff. And when I heard the story, I'm like, that was so true. They started making component sort of sets. The thing was that they were very simple. And the idea is once they were built, they would play with them. Okay. Right. Yeah. Here's the problem. They took 10 minutes to build. So parents mm. who, who knew Lego to be hours of fun, I'm telling you, I was a Lego fan. I was, I had it all and hours, hours we would build, right? We would build towns yeah. and then we would like make sense, all that stuff. But then when it was done, you kind of, it was a showpiece for a while. You showed it off and then you took it apart. Right. Now we don't take things apart. No, the, the other thing is our parents or the, 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 the parents now who are the kids who played for hours were looking for things and that's what Lego offered. They got distraction for 10 minutes and then their kids were running around again. Yeah. So it wasn't solving a very key problem of actually the core buyer. So that was really interesting insight because I think of, yeah, I remember like we, we had a place up North and it would be an hour and a half drive and we would buy my youngest daughter, one of the friends sets and not it's not the friends friends. I think they were called friends and it was these characters. Yeah. They did all this stuff. We think, Oh, and she can play with it while we're up there for the weekend. It would barely make it past the ride. Like our, our car became a collection. It was like happy meal toys. Yeah. So that was just the idea of like, okay, they tried it. It wasn't a measure of sales. It was a measure of really disappointing the buyer, right? The parent. Yeah. Um, so that was a really good sort of like controlling that innovation and measuring it. Um, the other thing is where they've innovated. And that's where we talk about, you know, the movie. Oh my gosh, Lindsay, you have to watch the movie. Okay, I'll watch it this weekend. Um, they, they also talk about engaging with the competition. That's where that leads into this is where in the past, they became the creators of their content and did really badly with it. They started mm -hmm. to approach what would be the competition in some cases based on the fact that they thought they were content creators and the Disney's, the Marvel's and all that sort of stuff, the Harry Potter's. Yeah. What... I think fundamentally changed was they started dipping their toe into digital. Mm -hmm. And what they lost focus of is Lego is all about the physical. So they yeah. became with these partnerships, they became the physical extension of this entertainment to make it real for them. They totally flipped it as opposed to Lego should go digital. Digital has such an opportunity to come to life through Lego and they made great right. partnerships. Um, cool. And for the properties themselves, because if you go see a Harry Potter movie, you can go see it only so many times, you can buy the movie. But in the end, your kids wanna go and build Hogwarts or they wanna have their own story the physical is what they realize they are all about. Right. And with that, if you look at them today, do you know that there's like eight Legolands in the world? There's gonna be two more launching this month, I think, this summer, if, if not. Like New York is gonna have a Legoland resort. Really? Yeah, so much happening. The thing that's really interesting too is what started this conversation is when you said this Lego thing, I said, actually, it's funny because I'm now a huge fan of this uh, podcast called Smartless, um, and it mm. has three hosts. It has Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and my new hero, Will Arnett, uh, fellow <laughs> Canadian. Will Arnett is the voice of Batman from the Batman Lego movie. Oh, that would be so good. He's so good. But now he's totally with the brand where they've launched. You talked about someone being a fan. I originally was going to dip into this, what's it called? Lego Masters? It hasn't, yes. I don't know that it's 
launched yet in the US. I mean, it's all over Australia, it's all this stuff. And basically you can imagine what it is. It's kind of like Iron Chef, but for Lego builders, it totally speaks to that A-Falls that we talked about, uh, adult, what is it? Adult fans of Lego. It's a huge yeah. community. That, uh, their YouTube channel and a lot of their brand is, is dedicated to that. But what was interesting is I kind of was like, hey, the Will Arnett thing, he's the host of the new show. It, it's not a, it's not that much of a thing yet. And it doesn't matter because they're about to launch LegoCon, their first LegoCon, a virtual event, June 26th. They just announced it this week. It's going to be a virtual conference. That's cool. I thought the last thing I would do, because uh, we're getting close to time. Yeah, we have is just, two minutes. Just a few facts. Um, they have YouTube channel, 12, over 12 million subscribers. Their content is ridiculous how much they have. Um, in 2020, they blew through, I think it was 21% growth year over wow. year in 2020 because of wow. pandemic, because of the home play. But more importantly, for a couple of other things they did, they diversified in their econ. They did a lot of strategic moves a few years back that mm. is really helping them benefit. Um, the other thing that's really important is they weren't in the China market. China was not one of their key markets until more recently, and it's exploding there. Um, really? So with new markets, uh, they uh, a, a big focus on retail stores. They're now hoping to launch uh, like three figures of uh, physical stores. They're really focusing heavily on retail. And if you've ever been to a Lego store, whatever they're called, Mm -hmm. they're an experience like you've never seen and they've been doing that for like 15 years so there's just so much that they're doing it was so interesting that you found this wonderful little piece of on top of incredible success we've talked about this before even though they've been incredibly successful they're not resting on their laurels they're more than ever keeping that moving forward and while doing so it's the fifth lesson of this linkedin article which is keeping the brand the business and behavior aligned and I think taking it right back to your story, those three things are absolutely true. Not the least of which is the behavior and how they launched, what was it called? Everyone is awesome. Everyone is awesome. Lego, you're awesome. Don't go changing. That's a perfect place to wrap it. Great topic. I think we could do a Lego phase too. Okay, I want you to see the movie. Okay, I'll watch the movie. Stay tuned for Lego follow-up episode. And we will revisit this topic. Very exciting stuff. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Bye, thanks, Lindsay. Sean. Great chat. Bye. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at thetwomarketeers.ca. That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I would prefer wise guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not we're not doing that.